Hey there, this is Laura. I wanted to pop in to give you an update. This episode was recorded prior to our rebranding. What was once the Read It With Whiskey podcast is now work in progress, the Laura J Live podcast. This episode reflects that traditional Read It With Whiskey format and may have information and content that has since expired or changed. Please visit laurajlive.com for more information. Enjoy the episode. Are you an author who has always dreamed of turning their book into an audiobook? Quixotic Bell Media is the audiobook podcast production company for you. They specialize in helping authors turn their books into an episodic audiobook podcast, releasing one to three chapters of their book each week. The episodic format will pull in new readers, help you grow your author brand and business, and QBM even offers help with audiobook launch strategies and monetizing your podcast. With Quixotic Bell Media, you record the audio and let them do the rest. You can finally start your podcast and audiobook without raising a finger to the logistics or time-intensive tasks. This means you'll be able to get back to what's important in your author business, your writing. So if you're interested in working with QBM, visit www.quixoticbellmedia.com for more information. Hello and welcome to another episode of Read It With Whiskey. I am your host, Laura Gentinen, and today we are talking with Sagan Morrow. Sagan is a multi-passionate creative and productivity strategist who writes polyamorous romantic comedy novels, including her Polyamorous Passions series. She shares the behind-the-scenes scoop about her writing journey in the Indie Author Weekly podcast, which I am a huge fan of. I have listened to every single episode. So drawing on a decade of experience as a freelance writer, Sagan now helps other multi-passionate creatives and solopreneurs save about 10 plus hours every single week through maximizing productivity, and it's all based on their personality. They take strategic action to finally achieve their dreamy goals without burning out. That's the key. So you can connect with her on Twitter and Instagram. All of her information will be given to you at the end of this episode. Let's get into it. Welcome to Read It With Whiskey, an interview podcast highlighting self-published authors. I am your host, Laura Gentinen. The purpose behind this podcast is to help authors grow their audience while also introducing readers to their new favorite authors. Let's get to know the person behind the page. Sit back, sip some whiskey, and lean in to these self-published authors. All right, it is time for a Laura J Live update. During the month of April, I have a really big project going on, you guys. I am participating in Camp NaNoWriMo. So NaNoWriMo is National Novel Writing Month, and it's usually the traditional NaNoWriMo is in November, where you take 30 days of November and you write 50,000 words of a new book or project. So they have done spinoffs, which they call Camp NaNoWriMo. Those take place in April and July. And so this is my first time participating in Camp Nano. And so for the month of April, I'm actually writing book two of my series. So the Shockwave series, Transient Pulse, is, oh, I guess actually it's already out. You guys, I'm recording this before it's published, but as of this interview or as of this episode, Transient Pulse is out. Oh my God, I'm freaking out right now. This is so cool. (laughs) I'm talking from the past. So Transient Pulse was published on March 28th, which also was my birthday. Turned 28 on the 28th and had Transient Pulse come out the same day. So much has happened this year already. Oh my goodness. 
So anyway, um, so the first book is now out and that means book two. I am well into book two. I'm diving into it. Um, as of this recording, I have not revealed the name of book two, so I'm not going to tell you now, but keep your eyes and ears out on my Instagram because that's where people will find out. And if you want to find out information even sooner, then you definitely want to head over to my Patreon account, www.patreon.com slash read it with whiskey. And there you can choose one of three tiers and you can get exclusive information before everybody else, which includes the book titles and book covers of all of my upcoming works. So that's a little update for Laura J Live. All right, let's get into the episode with Sagan. Hello, Sagan, and welcome to read it with whiskey. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to have you on the show. I got to say I'm a big fan. I've been listening to your podcast for the last couple months and I've listened to every single episode. So after I had gone through that, I'm like, I wonder if she wants to be on my podcast. This could be so exciting. Um, So thank you for being on the show. Um, Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So to start, I love to ask all of my guests, why did you become an author? What, What prompted you to become a writer? I have always, always loved writing. Um, When I was a little kid, like before I could actually spell, I would be sitting at this little desk in my room and I would just be scribbling on bits of paper. And my parents would ask me like, Sagan, what are you doing? I'd be like, I'm writing books. I'm writing stories. So I've always, I've just always written. um, And it's just always been a really important part of my own identity. Uh, And then you know, it, it was one of those things that I always had this love of writing stories and telling stories and, and writing books. And it really got to this point where, um, from a business perspective, I was looking at things and I was like, well, you know, I could never, I could never make money writing books, right? So that's just not going to happen. Um, and then I ended up writing my very first book, which was nonfiction. It's called The Business of Writing and Editing. Um, I wrote that because I'd been freelancing for quite a while and other people kept on asking me, how are you able to do this? And so it was kind of a nice opportunity because I was like, oh, this gives me the chance to write a book on the subject, right? And then from there, you know, I was like, well, I still can't make money writing novels. So I'm just, I'm not going to do that. Um, And it really wasn't until this point when I started to realize that I identify as polyamorous, that it occurred to me that a big part of the reason why it had taken me so long to figure that out about myself was because I wasn't seeing polyamory represented in mainstream media, right? It's not in Hollywood. It's not in the books we read, anything like that. So I realized that this was an amazing opportunity for me to write the books that I wish that I had seen. And so that's how I started writing novels. I love that. It's so interesting. And, and you're completely right. I had never even heard of polyamory until I found you. And so for our listeners, can you go ahead and tell them what polyamory is? Yeah. So polyamory is basically the concept of having multiple romantic relationships with everyone understanding it, like everyone's consenting to it. Um, and they're all happening simultaneously, right? So in our in our society, we tend to um, be kind of serial monogamists where we date someone for a while and then we realize like, oh, I wanna date someone else or this isn't working or whatever it happens to be. And we jump around. And so polyamory is the idea that we can have multiple loving romantic relationships 
at the same time. And yeah, everyone, everyone consents to it. Everyone knows what's going on. So it's not like this backdoor type of thing. It's not cheating or anything like that. Right, exactly. And we'll hit more on that when we um, talk about your book series, Polyamorous Passions. Um, but first of all, we, you kind of touched on it, but what else do you do besides writing? Yeah, so I started my business as a freelance writer many years ago, like a decade ago. Mm -hmm. um, and over the years, I've really transitioned with my business. Um, as I mentioned, you know, a lot of free other freelancers were asking me, how do I even start out doing this? How do I get clients? All that kind of thing. So I wrote the business of writing and editing the book. And then people really loved that book, but they had more questions. Always. So I began, <laughs> right? There's always, there's always more. For sure. So I began creating online courses um, for freelancers to really teach people in a very in-depth way. Um, so that was back in 2016. And then since then, I've pivoted a little bit more. Um, and now the main thing that I do is that I'm a productivity strategist. So I teach uh, solopreneurs and multi-passionate creatives, how to save 10 plus hours every week, how to save energy, right? Really mm -hmm. maximize their productivity. And I think anyone who's writing a book needs to know how to do that. <laughs> Everybody, especially if you're working a full-time job on top of writing as a hobby, having that productivity coach there to help you is, is so beneficial. And so this has been your life for quite a few years, working for yourself, being an entrepreneur. So how long has it taken you? How many books do you have in total? I have seven novels, mm -hmm. seven books in the Polyamorous Passion series have been written and published. And I have three business books as well that I've written and published. Okay. And were all these written and published within the last few years, last 10 years? Yeah. So I, yeah, I wrote the business of writing and editing. I published that in early 2016. Um, I started writing the polyamorous passion series in 2018. So I wrote those wow. seven books since then. That's <laughs> and so that's fast. also the business books were in that the other two were in that time as well. That is really intense. I I'm impressed. <laughs> <laughs> and so you are also self-publishing all 10 of these books, correct? So what was it that made you decide, okay, self-publishing is my route versus the traditional? Um, I'm very impatient. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> you know, I really, I loved the idea of being traditionally published. Um, but the concept of waiting, you know, and needing to pitch and, and then wait the months, right. To just yeah. to, just to find an agent and then to find a publishing, you know, all of those different aspects. Um, and at the time, you know, especially when it came to realizing I identify as polyamorous, I was like, I need to get this message out there immediately. Yes. <laughs> so that's how I ended up actually writing and publishing the first book in the series within the space of six weeks. Wow. of coming up with the idea for the series and actually the published, like the actual publishing date when it went live, that all happened in a six week period. So yes. it was really, really fast turnaround. Wow. This passion just wanted to get out of you. Like, get me to the world. <laughs> Let's talk to everybody about it. I love that. So 10, 10 books out and you're working on a few different projects. So what are the projects you're working on now? My book projects. Mm-hmm. 
Mm. So the main book project that I'm working on right now is called Small Town Stilettos, A Modern Marriage of Convenience. So that is another romantic comedy. All of my novels so far are romantic comedies, um, polyamorous romantic comedies. And Small Town Stilettos is this whole story of a fashion designer, a big city fashion designer, who goes to a small town when her aunt dies and she has to um, take care of the estate. And she discovers that the only way to access her inheritance is by marrying her childhood sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's a whole, a whole thing that happens. Um, and one of, the, one of the really cool parts about that story is that it is kind of a spin-off book from the Polyamorous Passions series. So the, the three main characters who are featured in the Polyamorous Passions series, they make a brief appearance in one of the chapters of Small Town Stilettos. Mm -hmm. um, so it's kind of, you know, that's, it's, it's kind of all connected. Um, right. I really like the idea of having this entire world um, of books. So there will definitely be multiple spin-off books in the future um, beyond the, the core Polyamorous Passion series. Right, they all live in the same universe, basically, this yes. world you've created. Oh, yes. That's so exciting. <laughs> and um, so those, and the Small Town Stilettos, you said that's, is that a full-length novel? Because the Polyamorous Passions, those are novellas. Um, so do you want to kind of explain to our listeners the difference between a novella and a novel? and kind of elaborate on that. Yeah, so a novella is just a shorter a shorter novel. Um, so it's, you know, kind of like the length of, you know, the, I think like the line, the witch in the wardrobe or the, mm -hmm. gate, the great Gatsby, books like that are more novella style. Um, and that was part of, part of the reason why I chose to write novellas for the Polyamorous Passion series was again, sort of this action sort of component, right? Where I had the idea for the books and I felt as though if I created, if I wrote my first book as a full length novel, it would take too long and I might get overwhelmed along the way. Right. And so that's why it was planned out originally as a nine book series, right? So that I could really um, get the books out a little, at least in the beginning, I could get them out a little bit faster um, and sort of like really play around with that. So Small Town Stilettos is going to be a full length novel. Um, and it's, it's been kind of fun to, to experiment with things and explore the different lengths of how we can create stories and how we can tell stories over a shorter period of time or a longer period of time. Yeah. And it's challenging. So that was kind of the, kind of the reason why I did that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's challenging because I know I've always wanted to do full length novels. So that's what my upcoming series is. And when I was reading your book, we're going to talk about it. Um, it was, it was kind of refreshing to read a smaller length book. And so I think it's really good for the reader too. They just want to get like a bite-sized piece. They don't want to have to sit and read a novel and have it take days. Some people want it more quickly. And there's, there's definitely a niche there where a lot of people are going to, are going to want that type of book. Yes. Um, so for your writing process, we're going to dive into what the polyamorous passions are actually about, but with that writing process in making these smaller novellas, it's a nine book series. So did you actually outline all nine books in the beginning or did you go one by one? 
Yeah, I actually outlined the entire series right from the start. So um, <laughs> yeah, and it was really like the entire concept with it being a nine book series is, you know, the fact that it really follows the three best friends over the course of their journey um, of discovering polyamory each in their own ways. And so then that way, each of the, the nine books could be broken down into three trilogies, right? So mm -hmm. we can follow along the story of all three main characters in chronological order, across the nine book, book series, but each of them gets sort of their own spotlight in books one to three, four to six, seven to nine, right? So it's been kind of fun to do it that way. And it's definitely, you know, I did map out the outlines right from the start, but as I've gone through, um, there's definitely been, you know, as I've written a book and then I start on the next one, I've definitely tweaked you know, the, the direction that things take. Um, the core journey and the core concept of polyamorous passions is staying the same since my initial inception, but the, the books themselves tend to, they, they definitely tweaked over the years as, or over the, yeah, over the years as I've, as I write each book. Definitely. And sometimes the characters just, they want to run a different direction and you're like, no, yes. come back. And they're like, no, go with it. It's going to be a good thing. <laughs> It's so true. Oh, I know. I love it. Okay. So this nine part series, they follow the three friends, Emma, Helen, and Scarlett. And I read book seven, Her Bad Idea. And something that I was really excited about was the fact that this was book seven, but I could read it on its own. I didn't need to read the first six books. So tell us um, a little bit more about each of those characters, one through three, books one through three, four through six, and then seven through nine. Um, and yeah, just take it away. Let us know more about the books. <laughs> yeah, so I really, I really love the idea of writing books that you could read as standalones. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my readers who have sort of jumped in at a particular point in the series and then they read the backstory, um, they really love that you can get a full understanding of the characters from that one book. You don't have, you don't feel as though you're like, where, where's the backstory, right? Like anything right. like that, but you get a really a really comprehensive overview of it by going back and, and reading the rest of the series, right? So um, it's kind of fun that you can sort of pick and choose where you want to start. And then mm -hmm. if you really want the full experience, then reading the entire series is, of course, a great, a great way to go. Um, but the books start out with Emma as the main character in books one to three. Um, and, you know, she really starts out by, you know, she's dating one guy who's really wonderful. And then she happens to meet someone else and she falls for him. And then she realizes, oh no, what, <laughs> what have I done? Right? She kind of falls into this, this um, experience. And so that book, A Choice Between Two, is her whole process of trying to figure out how she's going to navigate this and what she should do. And so she realizes by the end of the book that, you know, why, why do I need to choose between these two great people? Um, so she kind of, um, you know, goes on this journey, realizes that this is what she wants, that she wants to be polyamorous. Mm -hmm. um, and she manages to get that, get that going with both of these two men that she's dating. <laughs> it was so exciting. <laughs> And then, you know, over the time, over time, right, like in book two, she experiences a, a series of, um, you know, she makes a lot of mistakes with dating. She experiences the whole thing of coming out as polyamorous to other people. Um, and then in book three, you know, there's 
kind of experiencing some heartbreak and that kind of thing. So we really see this whole journey of her own self-discovery and her relationships with people. Right. Um, and then in books four to six, that's Helen's journey. So um, mm-hmm. her situation is a little bit different because she's not dating people. She's been with her fiance for years, right? So she has this whole other perspective. Um, and then she actually ends up falling for her wedding photographer. So (laughs) (laughs) scandalous. Oh, I know. (laughs) So that's, that's a whole period of her and her fiance figuring things out, um, through books four to six. Um, and then books seven to nine are a little bit different because with Scarlett's experience, you know, she has her two, her two best friends, Emma and Helen, who have already started out this whole polyamory type of thing. And for her, it's more about, um, she's just really coming at it from a different perspective where, you know, Mm -hmm. she loves being single. She really enjoys it. And then she realizes that she's falling for, for a couple of different people. And she's connecting with someone who already is non-monogamous himself. Right. So there's definitely in books eight to nine, there's going to be some tension there. Oh, I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, I'm definitely you've roped me in. Now that I've read the one book, I'm going to have to circle back and read the beginning because I like that I get to see Scarlett's point of view, but I know that Emma and Helen have these huge stories that I can dive back into and get to know them better because they're definitely well-rounded in book seven, but you're just going to learn way more about them in the first six books. So I'm excited to go and do that. And I'm really excited to see where this book is heading. So in book seven, Her Bad Idea... Um, tell us about that storyline about Scarlett, her kind of dilemma that she's going through and her love interest. Yeah. So Scarlett is a burlesque dancer. So she has her own business. Um, and right from the start, she's experiencing this major problem with her business in that she's really close to bankruptcy. Her business is, you know, it seems very successful from the outside, but financially it's just a bit of a disaster. (laughs) So she's really trying to figure out, you know, how can I, how can I actually make money doing this? Am I going to be forced to start a different, to, you know, join the corporate life, that kind of thing. Um, And a dance competition opportunity comes up for her to make a lot of money and really get that financial health back in order the only problem is that she needs a dance partner and she needs to, she's kind of put in this position where she has no time to choose a partner. She's forced into being um, dance partners with Pete Fraser, who, uh, you know, she's already had a run in with, so they, they keep butting heads and she does not like him. He does not like her, um, but they're, they're in this mess together. So the entire book is this whole experience of them needing to work together. They're, they're forced into being in this dance competition. Um, and simultaneously, she's also going through this whole thing, which, um, where she has this unrequited crush on someone else, uh, Wes, and she's, you know, we've, we've actually heard about him in, I think all of the previous books in the oh, series. It's a buildup. It's, it's coming, yeah. you guys. <laughs> Watch out. Oh, <laughs> book eight. I'm so excited. <laughs> that I love this storyline and I love the trope that you brought in, um, with the fake relationship. And do you do different tropes for all the different books or how did you decide on that trope, I guess? You know, right from the start with writing these books, I was really, you know, I had the concept of the story that I wanted to tell Mm -hmm. and I didn't think about tropes at all. 
Um, and so it wasn't actually until this book that I was like, you know, I should start actually thinking about tropes because whenever I'm choosing a book to read, I always, you know, choose based on tropes. And so I really chose some of my favorite tropes and that's what I, how I sort of grew her bad idea into what it is with enemies to lovers, slow burn, fake relationship, mm -hmm. forced proximity. <laughs> I love it. And I, I really like that you share a lot of this on your podcast. So if anybody wants to learn more about all the background stuff, um, Indie Author Weekly podcast, go and listen to it. I loved the little sneak peeks that you had in the podcast. Um, okay. So obviously this is inspired by polyamory. And so your own experience, do you want to talk to us about how is your life directly put into this book? Are there anything, is there anything within the storyline that is from your personal life? I mean, there's definitely different elements of all the characters that, that are, you know, I, I, there's some aspect of pretty much every single character that comes from who I am, right? right? There's little bits of me in all of the different characters. Um, but, you know, some of the, I think some of the dating experiences that happen in previous books in the series are based on my own, my <laughs> own experiences. Um, but really overall, you know, a lot of what happens to these characters isn't it's not really from my own sorts of experiences because so much of my experience with polyamory has been very low key, right? Mm -hmm. Not no drama or anything like that. Um, and it's just been very fun and lighthearted, mm -hmm. which is a really big part of these books, right? So yeah. in that way, that was a really important aspect for me when I was writing these stories. I wanted to feature polyamory in the way that I have experienced it which is that it, it can be, it can be like fairly low drama. It can be right. really fun and enjoyable and light and all of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, the, the friendships as well, you know, because a, a big part of the, of the stories, it's about polyamory. It's about those romantic relationships. It's also about platonic love, right? Mm -hmm. It's about these really positive, supportive female friendships. That's a really important underlying message. Um, which is a really big part of my own life. I, that's, that's based on, you know, my own great relationships with friends. Um, and it's also about this whole journey of self-discovery. That's another extremely important mm -hmm. thread throughout the stories. Um, so that's, yeah, that's a really, really key part that I wanted to include. Yes. And it, it translates. It's, it's so great because people think, polyamory and if they don't know anything about it they're like what is this going to be is it going to be always hot and steamy or is there going to be a lot of drama but it's a romantic comedy it's it's funny I was I was spitting out my drink as I was reading it because there is the com comedic relief um and it was just it was just great I loved it and another part that I really liked within this this specific book was the body positivity that you brought into the character of Scarlett so if you want to touch on that a little bit why is that such a dynamic part of her character yeah. Um, you know, having that body positivity, sex positivity, all of that, mm -hmm. there's so many, there's so many issues with that type of thing in our society. And I really wanted these books to have that kind of expression to help readers not only think about, you know, polyamory as a viable option for themselves or to help normalize polyamory in our society, but also to help readers, um, get more comfortable in their own skin, right? This is a journey that I think 
all of us are taking at some point or another, or it's an ongoing journey that all of us are continuing to experience. Um, so being able to include that as a really important part of who Scarlett is and, you know, the, the way that she dresses and that kind of thing, like she's totally confident with her own sexuality and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. um, which I really love. Yeah, that's, that's just, and that's like a, a big part of who I am really as well. Um, you know, I, I love wearing faux leather, just like Scarlett, you know, I'm, <laughs> yep. I, have I have shown up to events. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a hobbyist burlesque dancer myself. Mm -hmm. um, and I've shown up to events where I was watching other people perform burlesque. And I, I'd be there and other people there would be like, oh, are you performing? And I'm like, no, this, this is my outfit. Like, this is just, <laughs> this is just, just me at the bar. Like, <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah, that was, it, I just love that. She is so open about herself and she's just a total badass. She's like, I'm going to wear what I want to wear. And I'm this hot bar burlesque dancer. And this is what I, this is what I love. So why should I be ashamed of it? And I think a lot of people need to hear that message. So it, it was really exciting to read. And then also because I can't dance at all, I could kind of like escape into her life and pretend that I can. So that was exciting too. <laughs> okay, so um, we're not gonna go into too many of the spoilers of the book, um, but I do wanna say that the dynamic between Scarlett and Pete as they are progressing in their relationship is there's moments where I'm like, you guys just pull it together. Like what's going on. And so what was that like trying to write, um, kind of the difficulty and like, okay, I think I have feelings, but maybe I don't like, I don't know what to do. How should I move forward? But then also tying in humor to all of that. Is that difficult to do as a writer or did it kind of come naturally for you? That's a loaded question. Sorry. <laughs> yes. And no, okay. <laughs> it's a bit of both. Yeah. Uh, definitely, you know, as I'm, as I'm going through the writing process of drafting stories, um, I often find that along the way, um, I'm writing the, the first, you know, couple of drafts are really figuring out the character and the story, like the plot itself. Right. And then after I get, you know, the first couple of drafts done, then I tend to read through it and I'm like, okay, you know, like there's not enough humor here. So like this scene, could like, there's some really great opportunities in this. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I jot down notes to like explore how I can add some humor to this or add a comedic sort of flair to it. Um, and that's also at the point where I really look at, okay, how is the tension going? Does it make sense mm -hmm. that it, that they haven't gotten together yet? Right? Mm -hmm. Like I, I absolutely adore slow burn as you can clearly oh, yeah. tell from this book. <laughs> and so really looking at how do I make sure that this does make sense, right? That was a really key part um, that happened, yeah, again, probably around that draft three, draft four sort of part of, of the writing process. Okay. But, you know, some parts of it too, just like they come, they do come very naturally, mm -hmm. um, which is a lot of fun, right? It's, and I really have found as well that when I started writing the books at the beginning of the series, I was holding back a bit more with writing humor and like having that sort of comedic lens. Okay. Um, I almost wasn't, I was trying not to incorporate as much, I think, because when I first started writing these books, I didn't realize that they were romantic comedies. Mm -hmm. And it has been really wonderful because as I've written each book, um, they do get funnier, right? Because I'm allowing myself to 
be more open about the comedic aspects of the story and allowing that to flow through me is actually like it feels easier almost to write the comedic aspects because I'm not like holding myself back I'm not worrying about will readers find this funny maybe I just think this is funny now I'm just like no if I think it's funny I'm I'm putting it in (laughs) (laughs) and there's a specific scene that I remember you talking about in your podcast about Scarlett's parents and their jobs and how you had to go back and and figure out if the comedy would be caught by the reader it was it was good It was there. All right. I'm glad to hear that. (laughs) So something I love to ask my guests is who is your favorite character to actually write within these books? Your your books are novellas, so they're kind of shorter. So there's not too much room to have too many characters because you can't fully evolve them. Uh, But throughout the entire nine book series, what character do you think is your favorite to write? My favorite character to write is whoever I am writing in that moment. Okay. And why do you say that? Um, I think that there's just a lot of joy in the experience of getting to know those characters. And when we are in that process of writing them, they show who they are to ourselves, right? As the writer, they're, they're revealing themselves throughout the writing process, um, which is just, it's extremely beautiful and it's a really lovely experience. Um, And it's also really interesting because as you're writing each character, I mean, definitely the favorite character is always the one that I'm writing. And at the same time, I love all of my characters in different ways, just like with polyamory in real life, right? There's, I don't feel the same way about each character. I love them all equally, but in different sorts of ways. Um, And I I mean, Helen is a really good example here where she is so different from who I am. She's so different from my personality Mm -hmm. that it was really, really like interesting to delve into her character and really like play with who she is. (laughs) Um, So that was a really kind of interesting experience for books four to six. Yeah, that's exciting when you're writing something that you are it's just not the norm. It's a different type of person, a different type of character, um, just the different personalities. Cause not every character can be the same, right? You have to have different personalities. And so I like that. I like that you enjoy the process of everything or of all the characters. That's interesting. Good to think about. All right. So this wouldn't be read it with whiskey without talking about whiskey. So what is your favorite whiskey to drink? Probably Glenn Levitt. I really like that. The Balvenie is great as well. Um, and whenever I'm making hot toddies, it always needs to be done with Jameson. Jameson. <laughs> there you go. I love it's it. It's a classic that everyone everyone can enjoy. Whenever exactly. you're drinking whiskey, if you're introducing someone new to whiskey, Jameson is a good go-to. <laughs> Definitely good go-to. All right, Sagan. So tell our listeners, where can they find you? Where can they find your books and learn more about you? Yeah. So I spend a lot of time on Instagram and Twitter. My handle is at SaganLives. Um, you can learn more about all of my books and buy them on any major ebook store, or you can visit saganmorrow.com slash books. Um, and you can always learn more about the inside scoop on the writing journey and that kind of thing on my podcast, Indie Author Weekly. All right, Sagan. Well, thank you so much for being on Read It With Whiskey. I had so much fun with you. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much for having me. Is Sagan not the most amazing person ever? Oh my goodness. I had such a great time talking with her, talking about all of her books and her work. And I'm just, I'm just so honored to have her on the show. Cause like I said, 
at the beginning of this episode, I've been listening to Indie Author Weekly, weekly. (laughs) I've listened to all of her episodes. I only just found her at the beginning of 2021. And so I binge listened a lot of episodes all at once. And she has some some great advice for indie authors to new authors. And um, it's just been really beneficial for me as a writer, as a reader. And so I was just very honored to have her on the show. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation that we had and definitely dive into those books because I'm going to be diving into more of them, having only read one so far. I've got a lot more. There's nine in the series, so watch out. All right, and next week, we will be talking with Trinity Lem. So Trinity Lem is a college student in Michigan, and she has written Forever Burn, and her second book, Forever Frozen, is coming out in mid-April. So we'll definitely fill you in on more details there, but we will be talking with her next week. Her books are young adult contemporary romance, um, so definitely something to think about when you're getting ready for her episode. Um, Definitely... I keep saying definitely, you guys. Sorry. (laughs) It was really fun talking with her. I've already recorded the episode, and um, I'm really excited for you guys to listen in and go and buy her books. So that will be next week on April 6th with Trinity Lum. Until then, have a great one. (music) 